All right, so we're recording another episode of The Key Chat. This is actually episode 29. I'm super excited, (laughs) and I always say I'm excited before I start recording. But today I have another author, a New Orleans-bred author, and everyone that has listened knows that I was born and raised in New Orleans, so I have, like, special love for anybody out of that city. (laughs) So today I have Miss Therese Sherelle, and she wrote an awesome book entitled Live, Learn, and Love. With an open heart, life lessons on cultivating healthy and meaningful relationships. So I want to go ahead and give Miss Therese the floor so she can go ahead and introduce herself. So how are you doing today? I'm doing fine in yourself. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so happy to have you. So thank you again for reaching out. Like I love just meeting different people. And like I have, like I said, it's like a, it's a different thing. I think people from New Orleans, it is true. Like we all consider ourselves family we have like a special kinship <laughs> so it's like whenever we meet people out of the city it's like extra excitement so I'm um, like I want to thank you again just for sending me the book and reaching out to be on the podcast so what I want to do and I always every theme I try to do it each episode you know for the listeners as everyone knows like I'm big on empowerment go love yourself is my big platform and your book, ironically, is about learning, loving, and and living. And it just fits into what we like to promote for the listeners. So what I want to do first, if you can give everyone a background, like, what was your claim to fame? Like, what made you decide to write the book? I know, like, in the beginning of the book, you said, like, when you first thought to write a book, you know, you were thinking about, you know, what direction you wanted to go in. So if you can give us all a background on how you got started and what made you decide to write the book? What was your inspiration? Oh, well, um, let me start. So I am from New Orleans, um, uptown girl, born and raised uptown New Orleans. <laughs> um, I attended Xavier Prep High School. Then I went to Norfolk State University in Virginia. I have a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science with an emphasis in pre-law. I have a paralegal certification, and I also have a master's in business administration. But as a child, I've always loved to read, write, speak, and act. So I would always be in the plays at church, the Easter, Christmas, Black History Program, Founders Day. And also at school, I was in the drama club and just various activities where I spoke or acted. So I always kind of had that love um, of the arts. Um, I used to write poetry as well. And when I was about eight or nine years old, I actually started writing what would have been my first book. I just wrote about my life, my childhood, my experiences growing up. So the writer was always inside of me, I would say. I didn't necessarily think that I would, you know, be a writer like this is the career. I actually wanted to be a lawyer or an actress mm. um, because I could speak and act. But the writing was always there. I participated in a few, you know, essay contests and one at school. Mm-hmm. So I always had the way of expressing myself through writing and poetry that as a child, I would always find myself going back to and as I stated, I love to read. So, you know, it always it always kind of went hand in hand. I love to read. I love to write. But the idea from the book was um, about two years ago, I became affiliated with the All Access Foundation. And it's a nonprofit organization. It mentors young women ages like 25 to 45. But we have older women. It mentors them in four areas. And the four areas were becoming a first time homeowner going back to school, 
starting a business or becoming an author. So since I kind of had two of those things, of course, you know, I wasn't interested in going back to school at the time. Um, I was doing credit repair and credit restoration. So that kind of went in line with the homeowner's piece. So I decided that it was time to get back into my writing. And it was through that foundation uh, with C.C. Harrison. She's the CEO and also a member of my church, the City of Love here in New Orleans. Shout out to Bishop Love and Pastor Frank. But it was through that foundation that I got back into writing the book. So um, C.C. invited me to attend one of the, you know, the opening sessions. I learned about the foundation. I told her that I wanted to, you know, to get back into writing, to be an author. And she was like, okay, great, let's do it. So we sat down. And at that time, I had the tentative outline Mm -hmm. as well as the chapter title. So I knew what I wanted to write about. I knew I wanted to focus on the relationships and the experiences that I've had that have shaped me into the woman that I am today. So although I may not have been in a relationship at the time, I was in all types of relationships because as we know, there are different types and different forms of relationships. Mm -hmm. So I just thought about my experiences. I thought about my life and I thought about the lessons that I learned through these relationships with other people and how they influenced me and how they shaped me. So I wanted to share my story about that. So that's kind of where the writing and the topic came from. But the actual title Mm -hmm. was inspired by India Irie. She is one of my favorite artists and um, her album was Testimony Volume 1 life and relationships. And at that time, I remember being in college. It was one of my favorite albums. It just spoke to me. You know, really good music just speaks to your soul, you know? Right. You have those songs that you just have them on repeat. And Rhonda, I don't know, they just just do something to you. Mm -hmm. So this was one of the albums at that time in my life that I would just listen to on repeat And I was just kind of let the words speak to my soul. Um, I thought about, you know, the different title tracks and how they related to my life. I choose. There's hope. I just thought about everything that she was saying in those songs and how they were relative to me at that point in my life and, and learning to love myself and dealing with different relationships. So that's where the inspiration for the title of the book came from. And I'll share with you a little later on how I actually got to meet her. And give her a copy of the book. But we can talk about that later. So that's pretty much how the writing came about with the title and wanting to share my experiences with different relationships. Wow. So I see in the preface of the book, you said that this book is designed for anyone who has loved, experienced loss, or been hurt, and now want to heal. And you also said it's for those who seek that unconditional, authentic love that we long to share. So I know like with your book, obviously, you know, whenever we all talk about our life, we definitely have to start back from the core base, you know, our childhood. So I know like you discussed how you and your family, you grew up in a two parent family home and you guys grew up in the um, CJ Pete, which people from New Orleans knows as the Magnolia. Yes, you know, right? I raised off a chop of tools in Nashville. My parents actually still live there, so you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. But you were saying how you know, even though you grew up, you know, from your two parent family, they worked very hard. You and your um, sibling went to a Catholic school and everything. What do you feel 
just from the beginning, because obviously, you know, you, you mentioned in the book how relationships is not just, it's family, it's friends, you know, obviously, your love lives, things of that nature. What would you think, just your childhood, how did that mold you in your journey towards getting to where you're at now, as far as your view of relationships? My childhood, I would have to say, was it was great. I was always surrounded, you know, by love, by family. I only had two siblings, two older brothers. Um, I was a baby of the group and the girl, but I had mm-hmm. a lot of cousins. My mom came from a larger family. Um, she had eight brothers and sisters, so I had a lot of cousins um, that were pretty much older. So I was pretty much kind of the baby of the group on both sides. My dad's family was smaller. He only had um, four brothers. So I was always surrounded by a lot of, you know, a lot of family, a lot of love. I remember a lot of barbecues and cookouts, a lot of, you know, car games, you know, just on weekends, going by my aunts, playing with my cousins. They were cooking, um, you know, playing cards. There was music, playing games. It was always, you know, surrounded by love and family and people just wanting to spend quality time with each other, you know, and engage in activities with their children. So That was a good influence um, on me, although, as I stated, um, you know, my immediate family was smaller. You have to consider those other relationships with extended family. I was very close to my paternal grandmother. I mean, I was there all the time, her and my uncle, love them. You know, it was always, it was always love. And of course, for me, it seemed like you know, sometimes I got a little more, of course, from the immediate. So from my grandparents, um, my paternal grandmother, my maternal grandmother died when I was a little girl. So I didn't have her as long as I had my paternal grandmother. Momo um, is what we called her. But I always felt love. I always, you know, felt a sense of belonging, of, of wanting um, to be more and do more. They were very encouraging. Um, I grew up in a church, Payne Memorial, Uptown on Liberty. So I always had that spiritual foundation. And I acknowledge in the book um, that that's where it all started in terms of faith. You know, there can be no relationship without God. He is the ultimate for me. And so outside of that, you know, the family incorporated that spiritual foundation, but it just, when I hear of other friends and, you know, know of other people who didn't have a strong family of ties, I'm like, wow, you know, I was fortunate and blessed to have such a close knit family, you know, immediately and extended. So right. even though I, was, I was the youngest, you know, I would go by my aunt. She had daughters. So, you know, they always, although I was a baby, they would always you know, treat me good and, and buy me. And I was a pretty good kid because I always, I always travel with my books. So they'll tell you, I loved um, to read. I always had a book. Any family member that you, you know, know or ask, I always remember she had a book and she was always eating those sunflower seeds. <laughs> but she was always eating hot fries. And, you know, I did engage and play, but that was just my thing. Reading for me was an escape. And it opened, you know, it just opened my whole world. It expanded my vocabulary and it took me to other places. You know, sometimes you need an escape to get away. And not that I needed to because my childhood was good. But, you know, sometimes you just want to go somewhere. So when I would read those books and the ones that were big at that time, I'm sorry if I'm getting off topic. The ones that were big at that time were like the Babysitter's Club. I was into Nancy. I was into, you know, pretty much all kinds and all types. I didn't have a particular favorite genre of books, but I just loved them all. Especially, Mm -hmm. you know, the ones that 
you know, that had female characters in it, little girls, um, but I love different kinds, black history. History, I was big on, you know, just pretty much learning everything that I could at that time about right. anything that was relative, you know, to me at that time. So just, you know, having that and being able to do that was my own, you know, was my own little thing. I really didn't bother anyone. They didn't bother me. They didn't, okay, she's over there. She has a book, you know, she'll come back and play and, and talk, but <laughs> she has a book. But then on the other side, they always love to talk and act. So, you know, if it was a game that we had to act out or speak, hey, I, I was the girl forward. So just being able to kind of find my place, because sometimes, you know, in larger families, you kind of get lost and can't really find your place. But I knew that I was different in a sense that you didn't really find too many children reading books at that time. You know, they want to play. We had spinning tops. We had cool can. You know what we had, the games that we were playing. Right, right. For me, I did like to play, but I would I would sit on a porch and I would read my book and eat my sunflower seeds and I was just as happy. Mm-hmm. Reading for kids, I think, is an awesome thing. Like, when I was a child, like, we have a lot of similarities. Like, I was writing as a small child, and if I had a book, I was happy. Because, like you said, like, a book literally took you into another world. And when I was a kid, um, I went to Henry W. Allen, which I think is some science school now, but it was okay. on Nashville and Loyola. And back in the day, like, I was telling my kids, I always start things off with back in the day. But I was like, well, back in the day, when we did standardized testing or if it rained outside, we had to sit in the auditorium. And they always showed the same movie called The Never Ending Story. And, like, the little <laughs> kid in the book, but he was immersed in this book. And I felt like that little boy so much because if I had a book, and it's funny how you mentioned, like, you wasn't, like, you didn't have, like, a particular genre. Me either. I like all types of different things, actually, as far as books. But mm-hmm. once I had a book in my hand, like, I felt like I was in another world. So right. that's, like, interesting that you said that. Yeah. So we- in the book, yeah, we definitely have some, and I'm the baby, too, of the family, ironically. So okay. <laughs> we okay. definitely have some similarities. <laughs> but in the book, I know you have it broken out. In the book, for anyone that's listening, um, and I'll definitely make sure that we have all the contact information on how to purchase the book, but the book is a very easy read. Same thing I said last week, actually, I have all these great, awesome sisters writing these books, so I definitely got to shout out sisters as all these Black female authors. It's freaking phenomenal, but just like Tiffany's book last week and our past episode, same thing, very easy reads. Like, we have some intelligent sisters out here that can write their tails off. Um, same thing with your book. It flows very easily. Thank now, you. also, like, the way you have the book set up, I really like. So, for anyone listening, the book is set up in three sections. So, you have section one, which is living the life, section two, which is learning the lessons, and section three, which is loving the legacy, which ties into, of course, the title Live, Learn, Love. So, as far as, like, section one, living the life, and I know, like, we touched on family, things of that nature. So can you break down, like, the three sections? Because, of course, this leads into your journey and, you know, getting to the stage that you needed to be at, as far as you said, you know, living, learning, and loving with an open heart and the life lessons and cultivating a healthy relationship. So if we started off with section one, living the life, how would you summarize exactly what that, what that means to you? Well, when I prepared um, the book, and like as I stated, I had the tentative outline. I knew the things that I wanted to address. 
Um, and when I thought about living the life, and you're absolutely right, <laughs> I don't know how you figured it out, but I guess it was simple. <laughs> that is the LLL, the live, learn, love. Mm-hmm. So I thought about what living the life meant to me, how how I was living my life or trying to live my life. And I thought about under that particular section, the things that incorporated living the life. And as I stated, I come from a you know spiritual family with a strong sense of faith in God. And for me, it had to start there. It wouldn't have been right to start anywhere else, but with my faith in God and how this project came to be. So my first chapter is Faith Is. Then I have chapter two, family matters and chapter three, friends and finances. So for me, living the life incorporates those things It incorporates my faith in God and also having a faith in myself and how God, you know, helps us to having the faith in God helps us to have the faith in ourselves. Just knowing that, you know, my belief is in something that's supernatural, that's, you know, something greater um, than anything on earth or greater than man that has definitely helped me in some difficult moments throughout the journey, throughout the various relationships, having something to hold on to, a word to believe in um, has definitely helped. So after that, I realized that the first really idea or understanding that we have is with our families. That's our, but that's where the, you know, second aspect of relationships come from. And it was big for me to share that because oftentimes I don't think we really acknowledge and appreciate those relationships for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So it was very important. Hey, we must not only acknowledge these relationships, but we must appreciate them for the lessons and blessings that they are in our lives, the lessons that they teach us. So that comes after my faith in God with my family. That was the first idea or understanding of what I knew what a relationship was, you know, family, my immediate family. And I speak about extended family, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, even, you know, close family, friends and everything that incorporates the family. You know, like you said, everybody knows everybody. So pretty much, you know, just having that interior, immediate and exterior outside families. Um, Then I get to friends, which are our chosen family members. You know, they say we can't choose our family, but we can't choose our friends. And the really good friends get promoted to family. And in a book, I speak about some friends um, that, you know, we started out as friends or business associates or, you know, what have you. But it developed into a deeper relationship where I consider them, you know, family. You know, I'm at their events, they're at mine. We share the highs and lows, you know, of life with each other, Um, you know, the good, the bad. We're pretty much there for each other. And even though, you know, we may not talk to each other, see each other all the time, that relationship, that love, that loyalty is still there, um, you know, with these friends that have become family members. And one other thing I like to say about friends, usually when you think of a friend, you know, we think about childhood, people we've known, you know, for years and years, grew up with, went to school with. But in this, I acknowledge that while everybody may be saying no new friends, you know, no new friends, that there comes a time in life when you meet people, you know, no, we didn't go to elementary school or high school. Maybe we didn't even go to maybe we didn't even go to college together, but they came, you know, in my life for a reason. I came in their life for a reason. And we developed, you know, a relationship or friendship in a group. So we have to right. acknowledge, you know, not just yeah, we went to, you know, we know each other from way back when, but people that come into our lives later in life, you know, for whatever reason, business, 
for, you know, like I said, um, it could be for business. It could be for, you know, personal, professional, whatever it may be. They come into our lives later, but, you know, we still have a strong bond. And outside of that is finances. That's a relationship. Many people don't consider it to actually be a relationship, but I break it down. I don't know if you actually got to that section, but it's so funny about finances mm-hmm. because, like I said, most times we don't see that as a relationship. And yet finances is something that's very important because it definitely has an impact and influence on your relationships. You know, if, if you're doing well and money is good, then, OK, you may be OK. But when you start having financial issues, that creates other issues in relationships. So just being able to look at all those and how they are tied to living the life. That's why I chose to put those sections um, in chapter one. Those I'm sorry, those chapters in section one. But you know, it's actually really smart that you mentioned finances because I also had um, Malika Honore on the show a few months back. And of course, we talked about finances and it's amazing that you just correlated having a relationship with finances because it's a fact because for example we talk about empowerment on this show yada 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 but healthy finances actually is a part of empowerment so another level of that that is really funny since you mentioned a relationship (laughs) with finances is how some of us abuse money you know how we have bad credit, things of that nature. So that's funny too. Having good finances is actually having a healthy relationship with finances. So that's actually a very good tie-in, which you're right. I don't think we think about money, finances, things of that nature, things of that nature as a relationship. So that's actually like very smart. Like I never thought about that either, actually. Until recently, I've been obsessing over my finances, but that actually makes (laughs) a lot of sense like I've been obsessing over my credit score things of that nature but that's actually very smart actually like a relationship with your finances so that's actually really smart Thank so you. I know second and I want people to think about that too and that's a plug for people to go back and listen to the episode with Malika too. I love <laughs> Malika I love Malika she's right, great she is the credit plug right <laughs> she's the real deal so that's a plug for people to go back and listen to that episode too so let's move forward to section two, mm-hmm. learning the lessons, choices, chances, changes, and cult- the section five, chapter five was commitment to cultivating relationships, and chapter six was communication is the key. Now, one thing that you have in the book um, that I want to touch on, you listed um, several of the most popular factors to lead a successful and healthy relationship. And um, those factors that you listed were communication, respect, trust slash honesty, compromise slash sacrifice, commitment slash loyalty, support, common values, and forgiveness. So let's go ahead and break apart section two. So where did you, what was the core of you, you know, coming up with those factors and just how did you come up to section two like what what was your motivation in coming up with that well as we stated with the live learn love so after i lived the life i thought about learning the lesson so i kind of if you catch the alliteration i like to play with words so i had the mm-hmm. lll and under section two i have the c's all of the chapter titles start with c's so right i thought about 
what learning the lessons mean. Okay, so, you know, we've done a little living with our faith, family, friends, finances. So now what are the lessons that I've learned from living? And I believe in life, the goal is to live, learn, and love. And if we pretty much, you know, can do these three in a way that is pleasing in God's sight, then I think we pretty much have this life figured out. Mm-hmm. So when I sat down and I thought about that, I thought about the choices, the chances, and the changes. And I thought about how every everything is a choice. Every day we make choices. And we don't probably really, you know, realize that, okay, we woke up this morning, we, you know, we chose to, well, first of all, God woke up, up God woke us up this morning. Let me say that. But mm-hmm. After that, okay, so we made choices. Okay, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear to work? How am I going to fix my hair? You know, um, where are we going, you know, on weekends? What are we doing today? So every day we make choices, whether we realize it or not. And I think I wanted to approach choices as choosing to engage in healthy relationships. When we make choices, we need to, you know, not just make choices for today, as, as we do, but, you know, make choices that are not only going to affect today. And I know they say don't worry about tomorrow. And I, I do agree with that to the extent, but I do know that the choices we make today can affect tomorrow, can affect us oh, weeks and months and years down the road. So, you know, while I'm definitely. not looking ahead, yeah, okay, you know, if I make a bad choice today, it may be around for a while. You know, even when today is, t- is yesterday, that bad, you know, that bad choice, a decision I made will still be here to haunt me. So I just wanted people to be more mindful in the choices that they made. And I use a quote from Zig Ziglar, choices, chances, Mm -hmm. changes. You must make a choice to take a chance or your life will never change. So when we think about, you know, making these choices, like we say, good or bad, we know that there is a consequence. If it's a good choice, you know, okay, maybe everything will be fine. But if we don't make the best choice, then that will be a consequence. So just being mindful of the choices that we make um, daily, as I stated, in our relationships, whether it's professional, romantic, personal, familial, just being mindful of these choices and then recognizing that we're not perfect. So, yes, we may, you know, make a choice that's not so good, but we can we can change it. You can always change. You can always begin again. You can always start anew and just come into terms with these choices. So in that chapter, I speak a little bit about where I was, you know, at that point in my life, I had made some good choices. And on the other hand, I made some not so good choices. So, you know, I didn't want to beat myself up about it. It's a learning lesson. That's why we're learning the lessons. So, okay, you made this choice. You learned, okay, it was good. All right, cool. It wasn't so good. Okay, what did you learn from this? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about life? And what did you learn about others? And how can you use these lessons to make better choices in the present and in the future? So after I got off that part, I went to commitment to cultivating relationships. And I think that's very important that we be committed to cultivating and you use some of the some of the components that I share that lead to successful, healthy relationships. And it wasn't an all inclusive list. And I acknowledge that while not all relationships are created equally, in my opinion, those constitute some of the basic elements of a healthy relationship. You know, we all want to be able to communicate effectively, not just communicate, but we want to practice effective communication skills. We want to be respected. So that means we have to respect others. We want, you know, we want to be trusted. 
we want, need to trust others. You know, we want to be honest. We want others to be honest with us. So I just went down that list and thought about the elements and components that I have experienced in my relationships um, that I needed, you know, to experience more of that I needed to work on. But I really thought about, hey, if I have that perfect relationship and we know there's you know, air quote, no such thing as perfect. What do I want in my relationship? And these are most of the things uh, that I would want. As I stated, it's not an all-inclusive list. And of course, our relationships are not equal. So, you know, what I mm -hmm. want in mine, you may want something different in yours. But I think, basically, we want support from our spouse, our family, our friends. You know, we want commitment. Right loyalty and it's not only from our um, romantic relationships as i stated we want this from our professional and our business you know relationships we want it from our family we want it from our friends so these elements are for all types of relationships not just i want communication from my partner you need communication from you know from your child you need communication with your employees and co-workers you need to communicate with god so it really stretches and reaches to all forms of relationships but I think, you know, it, it's really a good a good starting goal, a starting list of things you should look, look for in your relationship. Um, I believe that these elements are keys that unlock the door. And of course, you know, mm -hmm. you, you take what you need, you know, and the things you don't need or don't want. Of course, you definitely don't take them. But um, basically, I think that's a good list, like a good overview. Would you agree? Right, definitely. And I just like how you broke it down, though, and spiraling back to what you had mentioned about not worrying about tomorrow, but you're right, when just going back to chapter four, our choices do affect our future, though, and that's the thing that is like a hard reality, because like, I mean, as we all know, if we make a bad choice, it could affect us down the line for right. years, so like, yeah, we do have to factor in. <laughs> you know, the future. I mean, no, we shouldn't dwell on it and obsess and like really sicken ourselves in the worry, but that's why we have to be clear about the choices that we do make. And as far as relationships, another good point. Yeah, like what works for, you know, Nancy may not work for Sheila. You know, what she wants, what she's looking for, Sheila may not be looking for, but I think we do have the common thread. Everyone should, I would expect, want respect. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. You know, <laughs> And just some peace, you know, that should be some common threads mm -hmm. because we all know some people that they may be in a relationship. And from what we do know, you think to yourself, and eh, you know, I don't know if I would want my husband <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Right, so, right. But it works for those people. Right, that's true. You know, because not everything is meant everybody, for everybody. Right. But there are common threads, you know, that we should generally have I would think in all relationships healthy ones I would yes. assume so that does make, and that's, <laughs> that's the key, the key word, healthy, healthy one. yes you're right, you're right. right. That's the key healthy exactly yes. right and so but one thing that I forgot to mention <laughs> another thing that you had in the book earlier you were mentioning that there are three common factors that drive people and even though I want to mention earlier I think it still fits in regardless <laughs> in the entire book so three of the common factors you said that drive people were guilt resentment and fear so before we get to section three do you mind elaborating on that on those points mm -hmm. sure so with that point i tell a little story of how i attended the purpose driven church conference in california mm -hmm. the summer of 2018 
which is when I was writing the book. So the book was released December 2018. And this was a part of my process. So that June, I was able to attend the conference in California with Cece, the founder of All Access, mm-hmm. who was also a member. Um, she was a CEO of my church at the time. So she and I were able to attend this conference and Rick Warren and his book, he spoke about these factors. So as I thought about it, you know, I was like, okay, guilt as I thought about guilt. And guilt is one of those things that we allow to control us in some form or another. So, mm-hmm. you know, we did something, we made a bad choice or we didn't make a choice and we feel guilty about it. And to me, that's a form of self-imprisonment because we haven't forgiven ourselves and allowed ourselves to move past that. Yes, we did it or we didn't do it. So, you know, I'm not saying don't feel sorry about it, but okay, you know, it happened. And at some point in time, as a part of the healing process, we have to acknowledge, accept, and adjust. And I speak about that too. And then we have Mm -hmm. to, you know, we have to learn how to let things go and forgive ourselves. Forgive others, but we have to learn how to forgive ourselves. And I think when we allow guilt to control us, we're not able to move on. We aren't able to to move on from that, you know, from that circumstance or that situation. And it can be a hindrance. Um, It causes us to hide from shame because we don't want people to bring it back up. You know, people have a way of kind of throwing things in your face sometimes when you want to get past that, you know, and they bring it back to you then that's the guilt right. comes back all over again. So let's say you are part of in the healing process and you have forgiven yourself and you have forgiven that person who may have wronged you. And then someone else, you know, brings you back there. Then now that guilt comes back to you, you know, so now you're kind of caught up in it and you aren't able to move past that. Um, then I talk about resentment, which is kind of the same thing. You're hurt, you know, you hold on to it. You don't let it go. Um, Mm -hmm. And that also causes you to keep from moving forward. So these lessons that we're learning, um, I'm saying lessons because I believe that um, all relationships are lessons and blessings. And it's not always going to be a good lesson. It's not always going to be the lesson that we want to learn. But for me, it's a lesson that's going to help us and prepare us for the future, for the present and show us how to deal with, you know, other situations and relationships and prepare us for other lessons in life that we'll keep on learning. Because as long as you're living, you should be learning and you should be right. growing, hopefully, and, and wanting to get better in all areas of your life. So I spoke about those three factors is things that kind of deter us from, you know, moving forward in our purpose, uh, from our passion, things that keep us back and Like I said, you need to acknowledge, accept, and adjust. And once you acknowledge these things, I think, okay, you know what? I did it. You know, I felt guilty. Okay, I've accepted it. You're not forgiving myself. I've forgiven that person. Now I can adjust. I can move forward. I won't let that thing keep me in the past. You know, I won't let that thing hold me back from accomplishing my goals because I'm ashamed. Because I resented that person for hurting me. So now I'm kind of stuck. I am not able to move Mm. forward in my spiritual process, my spiritual journey, because I've allowed myself to be stuck in something that happened in the past. And the third one that I spoke about is fear. And fear is is just one of those things, you know, they have shows about it, the fear factor. And Mm -hmm. something I've learned about fear, fear and faith cannot dwell in the same space. So you're either going to be afraid 
or you're going to have faith in God and in yourself to overcome this fear. You can't do both. So again, Mm -hmm. you have to make a choice. (laughs) You have to make a choice what you're going to do and you have to take a chance. I also speak about, you know, choice, chances, changes. So once you make that choice, you have to take a chance. Okay. This fear can cause you to miss out on some opportunities. So for example, mm. okay, I did send you a message, wanted to participate. Hey, you know, reached out to you, saw something. If I was afraid to do that and to reach out to you, I would have missed out on this opportunity. Not just an mm-hmm, opportunity mm-hmm. for me to speak to you and to talk about my book, but the opportunity that's something that you and I are saying can bless someone else, can help someone else. So if I was afraid to talk to you and to, you know, to market myself and promote myself and want to share, then there's a lot of opportunities that I would miss out on and a lot of opportunities that others would miss out on me. And hearing, you know, what I have to share and what you have to share, you know, as a part of this platform. So fear kind of works in all kinds of ways. It will stop us from achieving our dreams, from starting our businesses, you know, from, from, from having relationships. And as I stated, fear and faith cannot dwell in the same space. So, I mean... You're not always going to get the answer that you want. The lesson is not going to always be the one that you thought you wanted to learn or were going to learn, but you can't let fear stop you from that. And that's just three things I wanted, you know, to kind of highlight and showcase how they can stop people from achieving their dreams, from pursuing their purpose and passion. And on the flip side, how you can turn those things around and have them work in your favor. Right. And that's a good point. That that's why I was thinking as you were saying it, how... Like you said, it drives us. So, for example, just like you mentioned with fear. Now, when I decided to do the podcast, I was literally just telling somebody this morning, I said, well, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff and I try and be extremely transparent in the podcast. Mm -hmm. I said, however, I said that didn't just happen overnight where I just woke up and said, hey, you know, I'm just going to record a podcast (laughs) and share all this stuff that happened. (laughs) Right. Like. Because a lot of times, like the bruises and things that we've experienced through life, a lot of us, we guilt, resentment, fear, shame. We don't really want to share it with mm-hmm. other people, That's you true. know? So, and I had to get past that, you know? I mean, in the back in the day, I don't think I would have been more open to say, oh yeah, you know, I, I was in an abusive relationship, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I would have had that confidence. But however, when something stirred in me and I was working in like regular nine to fives and everyone would say how great I spoke to people and stuff. And I was just like, I don't even care about this. Job. <laughs> it's just like, I just like connecting with people. And like I was telling you before we started recording, I love to talk. So last year I was like, I need to utilize that in a way that is going to work for me and work for mm-hmm. others. Cause I'm like me talking about money and numbers at my job is not my passion <laughs> with and I'm like my passion was talking to people and that's why I was doing well but they had it thinking I really cared about the industry I was in I'm like I don't care about that it was the connection with right. people so I had to step out on and, and fear when I first you know decided yeah you know I think I want to like move forward with this whole brand and move forward with a with a podcast I mean if I had fear based on that we wouldn't be recording episodes. We would anymore. not. We would not. So I want to thank you for <laughs> right. for overcoming your fear and for using that to fuel your passion and your purpose. Like I said, you can you can turn it around and have it working in your favor. Right. 
Right. You have to turn it around. And we've talked about that. Like if anyone goes back and listens to past episodes, I'm really big on that. Like being bold. Like me and Miss Courtney, we did an episode. Miss Courtney Podge, okay. who has written a book too, okay. ironically. <laughs> we talked about being bold and just moving forward. Like you have to have a level of boldness. So you're right. Like fear can also fear guilt and resentment can also it depends on how you take that mm-hmm. tool because you can take it like you said and it can literally be something to drive you but in a positive way you know what I'm saying like okay yeah. a lot of us are living our best lives are achieving our goals are reaching out to people because I've met like I said awesome black women who are out there achieving their dreams but they would not have done that if they lived right. in fear you wouldn't have had your book. You wouldn't have been speaking mm-hmm. with people. Okay, Malika wouldn't have been who she right. is. You know, Courtney wouldn't have had her book. I mean, none of us would be where we are. Tiffany wouldn't have her journey in her ministry if we had fear in our hearts. Like, fear doesn't That's work. True. And I said that in the past. Like, fear in a dream is a bad marriage. Yes. <laughs> you can't have these big <laughs> dreams and be scared. Okay, it's a bad marriage. It's not going to work. Mm-mm. So... That's my little preaching point. <laughs> That's but, great. That's good, though. That's good. Because <laughs> I could go on and on about that. Um, I definitely, we're not going to forget for you to mention about meeting in Diary. But before okay. we get to that part, I want to go um, and get home to section okay. three, which was loving a legacy. And I did catch how you had the three L's. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a letters person, too. And how, like, of course, the first section was the F's. Section two was the C's, so now we're on section three, which was the T's. Time is of the essence, true to me, and transforming light. And ironically, with the whole transforming light, me and Miss, um, for networking with Queens, Miss Candy Matthew, which is another person I forgot to shout out. Me and her just did an episode about gold, gold shine, finding gold, finding mm-hmm. light. So that's another one that we just discuss so let's go and break down section all right so with loving a legacy um you know we've lived we live the life we've learned the lessons and now Mm -hmm. we are loving the legacy so for me that was just bringing home the lessons that i've learned through the relationships through the living through my faith in god through myself and it kind of was a culmination i don't want to say culmination because for me the journey never stops i'm still you know i'm still on that journey so for this purpose right. and this project, it was pretty much bringing home the lessons that I had learned um, and just learning to love the legacy, which is the legacy that I'm leaving, not only for my daughter, but for future generations and the legacy of self-love, the legacy of living, learning and loving, loving yourself, staying true to you, knowing your worth, knowing your value and loving others. And for me, when I started that with the T's, I thought of something that was very fascinating to me and it's time. Time is one of those things that I've always been fascinated with. And, you know, it's kind of like a mystery. Like, where does it come from? Where does it go? And right in acknowledging that, um, you know, during the purpose and process of writing a book, I thought about time. And I thought about the things we hear, you know, when we lose a loved one, time heals all wounds and this too shall pass. I thought about those cliches that we always hear time waits for no one and I thought about the truth in those statements and then I thought about times it's funny I keep saying that but you know I thought about those times when mm-hmm. I thought about time like I thought if it was the right time to do this or the right time to do that and what I've come to realize is there's never a right time 
there's never going mm. to be a right time. You know, you're going to do it. You're going to do it afraid. You're going to do it not afraid. You just have to do it and not always be on a time because time is going to pass us by. And when I realized that it was like one morning, one day I woke up and I'm like, what am I doing? Like time is going to pass me by. Time is, mm. you know, you don't want to get too caught up in what's the right time or when I should do this and that. And as I said, it, I just woke up one morning. It was like, I don't have as much time as I think. So what am I going to do with the time that right. I have? You know, yes, I'm young and mm -hmm. we're thinking, oh, and then, you know, people are dying every day. Young, old, sick, not sick. Yes. So at this point in time for me, it was like, wow, hold up. This is the time I have. They say nothing is certain. So what am I going to do with this mm -hmm. time? You know, if my life had to end today, what legacy am I going to leave behind? What can be said about Terry Sherrell? What can be said about me? What have I done with the time that God has given me? So that was mm. a big, you know, come to Jesus moment for me. And um, as I've matured in life and gotten older, my understanding of time has changed. So I try not to, you know, base everything on time, but I do acknowledge the various seasons in life. And I understand that there is a time for everything and there is a purpose. So while I don't dwell on time, I do acknowledge that it's important, but I seek to better manage my time. I seek to use my time in better ways for positive things, you know, promoting positivity, promoting self-love as you are, you know, promoting those things that that will make my time seem more relevant and more, you know, mm -hmm. more essential when it's over. Then you can say, okay, this is what she did with her time. You know, she used it wisely. She tried to help others. She promoted self-love, you know, women empowerment. These are the things that I tried to do with my time. And in acknowledging that, I saw that really good relationships are lifelong commitments. So they're going to take time relationships and right. in the book I talk about how relationships are like precious flowers and they are cultivated by time by attention by commitment you know that's how you water them that's how they grow so right it doesn't mm -hmm. grow overnight you know it's going to take time it's going to take you watering them cultivating them giving them love giving them attention allowing them time to transform and to grow so when I really got to that mm -hmm. understanding and concept of time, you know, it's like, okay, so I, I've come to turn with it. This, this is the time I have. This is, this is what I'm going to do with our time. And even in dealing with loss, you know, with losing loved ones, with losing relationships, um, even if, you know, you lost a job, there's a, a period of time that you need to grow and to heal. You have to allow yourself this time. Now, there's no you know, mm -hmm. specified amount of time. Okay, I recently lost someone that was very close to me, a guy, a friend. So you may be like, okay, it's been two, three months. Okay, it's time. But you, no one can determine mm -hmm. the time that you need to heal. No one can determine, you know, the time that it's going to take for you to get yourself together and to move right. on. You know, you right. take that time. You take the time that you need. You know, and I always say, you know, take the time that you need. You know, people grieve differently. People process things differently. So take the take the time mm -hmm. that you need. You know, you're on your own time, you know, more or less. So take the right. time that you need. Okay, next week, next month, all right, you should be over that. No, you take the time that you need in order to get yourself, you know, where you feel that you need to be. And even with ourselves, 
I speak about a healthy balance of, of work, of life, you know, a family. There has to be effective time management and it's crucial to the health of our relationships. Everything is competing for our time. There's only 24 hours in a day. So we work for eight hours, you know, then we go home and we do, you know, some other work with the families. Okay. Then we want to get a few hours of sleep. You know, we want to watch a few little TV. So is everything competing and time is so limited? Everyone has the same 24 hours, mm -hmm. but excuse me, what are you doing with your 24 hours? You know, I, I watch podcasts and I listen to podcasts and I see, you know, this person, you know, Warren Buffett, and I see, you know, the people mm -hmm. like Oprah's and, you know, the millionaires and billionaires of the world. And I'm like, they have the same 24 hours in a day. What are they doing? They're doing with their right. time that I'm not doing with mine. Now, of course, our circumstances are mm -hmm. different, you know, at this point. But, hey, we have the same amount of time. So, yes, while I am working, while I am coming home, hey, you can meditate for 15, five minutes. You can find, you know, that moment to, to have with God. You can find that moment to have for yourself. You can find that time to give to your family. So when you say there's not enough time, there really is, but you're just wasting it. You're not using it effectively. You're not being productive with it. And that's something that I think all of us go through. You know, we want to try to maximize our time. But when we're just wasting it, we're like, hey, where did the time go? Because we feel unproductive that we haven't done enough because we didn't properly manage our time. You know, that right. goes in relationships. That's pretty much across the board. You know, not just a relationship thing. That's a work thing. You know, that's just that's just all across the board. So it's just learning how to better manage our time more effectively, prioritizing, um, only focusing on those mm -hmm. things that we can control. And just making sure that outside of that, while we're giving to our jobs, our families, our spouses, that we also make that time for ourselves. You know that right. we have those moments. Like I said, for me, I love to read. So after the house is quiet, I've took, you know, I've taken care of my job, my motherly duties. Okay. Find those few moments just to woosa. I light my candle and I like to listen to music. So you have to find that time. You know, it may not be hours and hours, but for those five mm -hmm. minutes, for those 10 mm -hmm. minutes where I can just shut off, light the candle, let the fragrance permeate, listen to that soft, soothing music, that's my time. And it's enough to, you know, to recharge me, to re-energize me and to allow me to refocus and get back to what I need to do so that I can keep on going. Imagine how our lives would be, though, if we treated time as it was something that is precious and fragile. I think we all would look at things yes. very differently. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes it takes something bad for us to realize oh my what God. time is. Yes, you know? yes. But if we really viewed it as, okay, this is fragile. Like, this is something that I really need to put a lot of care into. I think we really would live richer and fuller lives because, like you said, we would really think twice before we do certain things. We would also look at things that in our minds, oh, I don't have time to do this. We would make more time. We would make more right. time for people, too, that we would take for granted. You know, if we really view time as something that you know, if I if I don't treat this well enough, it can it can it can be damaged. You know, I think if we really view time in the way like you're mentioning that, I think our lives would be very. They would be. They would be. And I just I can share that because I just recently experienced that, as I stated, with the death, 
you know, of a loved one of a friend that was mm -hmm. very close to me. And as I'm thinking back, I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, he just wanted to spend more time. He just wanted, you know, to do more things. And, and I wanted to do things, but right. I was trying to write. I was trying to read, you know, I was focusing on the business and the goals and he just wanted time. And, mm -hmm. you know, just talking about it, like you're saying, seeing it and listening to it and knowing that I wrote it is like, we make time for things that are important to us. And though my dreams mm. were important and, and focusing on that and writing a book, he's no longer there to spend that time he wanted to. Of course, I didn't think, hey, next right. week he's not going to be there. I'm going to write, you know, focus on the book. You know, that was my routine. But I know you're trying to write. I know you're trying to read. Okay, we're going to hook up. All right, well, I can't do it today. Next weekend, we're going to, you know, we're going to spend our time. And then that week, that weekend mm -hmm. never came. He wasn't there that weekend. So, right. you know, for me, it's it's more of bringing it home and learning that lesson. Hey, I said that, but I wasn't always doing that with that time. So now I know you, you know, I'm feeling like, man, if I could go back to that night, I put that writing and reading to the side. Let's go. Let's spend time because now I don't have that. Time. Right. I just have memories from the right. previous times. So now I have more than enough time to read and write because he's not there to get the, that time. So it's just like you said, unfortunately, things have to happen for us to see that. Of course, I knew it at the time, but I wasn't really practicing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't putting it into, OK, yeah, I want to do this. But I'm like, OK, like I said, effective, you know, you got to manage it. Yeah, we can spend time. But OK, right. I got to have this, you know, this time for the goals. This time for this, this time for mm -hmm. that. And there was a time when I wasn't effectively managing it, um, you know, like I should have. And like you said, it, it's just so unfortunate because now I'm like, man, you know, toss that book to the side of that writing. Let me give you the time that you wanted, right. you know, and deserve. But at that moment, you know, it just and I'm like, you know, that's just something I have to live with. You know, I, I can't go back. But just acknowledging right. that that goes right. into the, the healing piece, as I said, in the time. But now moving forward, I know, mm -hmm. hey, if it's important to me, I'm going to give it some time. Now, while it can't get all the time, right. it's going to get the time that it deserves and it requires and everything else. Right. But just finding right. that balance, you know, and how right. we spend our time. Because I'm like going through the similar thing, like I, mm -hmm. I, as I mentioned in previous episodes, like both of my parents had ended up I'm with sorry. this virus and my mom, um, she was in the hospital for two weeks. Um, I did not think she was going to make it. But now that she is out of the hospital, now mind you, like I said, I'm okay, a baby of the family. My mom would call me almost every day. And there would be some times where I couldn't get grab the phone and I'd be like, I get caught up with stuff. I'm like, oh, let me make sure I call her first thing mm -hmm. tomorrow morning. But now I can't talk to my mom every day. Right. You know, and it's been like hard to deal with. I have not spoken to my mom in almost two months because she literally can't mm -hmm. talk. So, and I'm like, you know, wow. So I don't care what person you are. Anybody like you mentioned is going to start rewinding in the back of your mind. Like, oh man, mm -hmm. if only I had done this. You know, I wish I had done that. Like, even like before this happened, my mom came back to me some stuffed artichoke recipe she saw. I don't know where <laughs> she saw this recipe. But like she kept asking me to make it. Now mind you, like I guess I'm from New Orleans, but I moved to Slidell like like uh what two oh, years wow. ago or so whatever. So like I'll always be wrapped up in stuff and I'd be like, well I'm gonna get to it. I will make it. This has been going on for the longest and like in the back of my mind all the time I'm like wow what if something happens and so I never get that right. chance anymore. You know so you know like I said I think it's unfortunate that bad things and i hate to right. use the term bad but certain things let's put it that way to not right when life happens life happens and people understand life happens right life does happen 
Right. So, you know, like I said, if only we like viewed time and I've naturally reflected on a mm-hmm. lot of time recently, just dealing with this. And like I at, I was at the point where I thought I was going to be losing a parent. You know, you start right. thinking about time in so many different ways. You know, even after I made 40, I started thinking about time in a different way. And that was one of the things also that did motivate me to say, you know what, step out on faith, leave this career and try and step out and see where this goes as far as the vision you have blah 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 because I'm like I'm not guaranteed time and that's one thing that I've told people a lot of times we we're as humans I think we're conditioned to think that we're privileged for old age no we're not like we're not that's nothing God does not owe us Mm -mm. old age okay that's not written anywhere okay like we're not guaranteed old age we're not you know like we're not these superhumans that we deserve it Right. over this person you know we're all not meant to see 70s 80s 90s but in our minds you know we we kid ourselves and think that we have all yes. this time in the world and we put things off you know we we'll put people off or we'll put goals off because we think we have time but if we really view time as what it is we're literally losing time every yes, day you know and if we looked at time as something precious and fragile I just really feel like we would be in different stages in our lives, you know? So that's why, like, I always commend people that step out and follow those dreams, like writing a book or becoming, you know, an empowerment speaker or, be, you know, just stepping out because we really aren't guaranteed that time, you know? And a lot of us are watching from the sidelines, like, you know, I really want to write that book, but they <laughs> right. haven't done it yet. You know, or they think, well, I'll maybe do it later. Right, so do it true. now, you know? So, and just like you said, in relationships, you know, if we just view time in a different way, I feel like it really would strengthen our relationships too. And it would also on the flip side, strengthen our self-control on some people True. who shouldn't be in True. our lives either. Because because we right. don't have all this time, you know you shouldn't be dealing with so-and-so. Some of us know this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we would, yes, better you know, utilize that time, you know, not wait. I don't want to say waste because right. I don't want to feel like, you know, it's wasted. But at the same time, you can be doing other things, right. things that are more productive, you know, Correct. giving that time to people who are better appreciated more. We'll say that. So not really wasting mm. it, but, you know, just right. being more productive with it and being more mindful and being a little selfish with it. Because my bishop told me three things you can't get back. Your money. Well, money, you can't kind of make it back. But he said, don't waste your money, don't waste your time, and don't waste your life. Right. With the money, you know, okay, you you nope. know, you know, give it, you could get it back. But definitely, you can't get your life back, and you can't get your time back. So the time that we are giving to people and things that don't necessarily deserve it or don't appreciate it, you know, that's just lost time. Like they say, just, just take that L. But moving forward, you know, right. hey, I'm going to be a little more stingy with my time. I'm going to give it to people mm-hmm. that deserve it, that, you know, that want it, that need it. And I'm also going yes. to use it for myself. Definitely. <laughs> exactly. Because and I know we've all been there um, and I just speak from a woman's <laughs> perspective. I'm sure we've all had situations where oh, we yes. walked away from a relationship and a lot of times maybe yes. a little later than we should have. But then like. 
that year or two later once you truly <laughs> over it or months or whatever and you look back on it you look at yourself like wow i can't believe <laughs> right I that right time. that's you know? that's true on so and so, you know once you got to that growth stage and you look back on it like dang i can't believe i even <laughs> dealt two Girl. minutes with this person you know what i'm saying so it's like if we just view time in that way and tying back to my message mm-hmm. loving yourself and viewing everything right. as precious and fragile i just feel like you know different results could happen but just to tie up i have to hear <laughs> this story of how you met oh my god you. okay so just a, a little back so staying true to you was a part of that also um a part of chapter i'm sorry section three with loving a legacy staying true to you is very important and that's just not compromising mm-hmm. your values or beliefs staying true to you is the you that God created you to be, not the person you pretend to be, not the person people think you are, the person you portray to be, but staying true to who you are and learning to accept yourself, false flaws and failures and learning to love yourself. All that goes with staying true to who you are and who God created you to be. And that's just something else that I had to learn throughout the process. So the India Ire story is actually last year around Mother's Day. It was mm-hmm. actually after Mother's Day. It was the Thursday after Mother's Day, May 16th. She came in town for her worthy tour. And, you know, prior to from the moment that I knew she was coming in town, I'm like, I, I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta go to this concert because I love her. You know, she's one of my faves in a book and everything. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to get this book in her hand. So, um, the stars were aligning. Um, we got the tickets and we didn't have the tickets that we needed. So this ties in the power of connections, which I speak about in chapter five, the power of connections and putting things mm-hmm. into the atmosphere, speaking those things that are not as if they are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started praying. I posted on Facebook. I put it out there. Look, I'm trying to, you know, see in the IRE. We have these tickets, but it's not the tickets that will allow us access to see her. It wasn't the initial VIP tickets that we wanted. Um, because there was an issue with the box office not being responsive. So we had tickets. I was going to be in the house, but not where I needed to be in order to give her the book. So, you know, I put it out there on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was placed out there on her um, page, the tour page and Instagram. And I had people, you know, coming into agreement. They say, well, two or three are gathered. So, you know, and friends and family, you know, right. she wrote this book. She really loves your music. It inspired her. You know, if someone sees this message, please pass it on. You know, she deserves this. I want to make this happen for her. Um, You know, this is what it is. This is what it is. So actually, um, she sent a DM back and, you know, she wow. was like, this is great. You know, so she left her manager's contact information. We contacted the manager, Um, you know, come here at this time. And we were able to to get the ticket. So at this point in time, you know, I had the book, I signed it for her. Um, it was just one of those things that seemed so surreal, you know, it's like, okay, you wrote this book, you mentioned this person. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I wrote it, I, I didn't think she would be coming to New Orleans and I would have the, you know, the, the intention or the opportunity to give it to her. But it all, it was always like, if, you know, if I find an email or get a mailing address, I'm going to send her a copy of this book. And what that moment actually did for me, like I said, outside of um, collaborating with others and the power of connections and, and speaking those things, it was having faith that someone was Mm. going to see that message. Someone was Mm. going to, you know, relay it. You know, she probably had thousands of DMs, you know, 
thousands of messages right. on our Facebook page, thousands right. of, you know, messages on the tour page, but we were posting and tagging that very day. I'm talking about the same day, not the day before, that same day up until that time. And right. when she saw it, you know, she responded. And I was like, oh my God. And at that moment, at that time, I'm like, wow, you know, this is, I don't really talk about it that much. I guess, you know, you have the initial excitement. But this is something that I'm I'm really proud of mm -hmm. because I know wherever she is, that book is with her in the IRE. If you listen to this podcast, I love you. I want to thank God, first of all, for giving you that gift. <laughs> I want to thank you for sharing your gift with the world. Um, it was a worthy tour in New Orleans at Mahalia Jackson, wow. May 16, 2019. Wow. I am worthy. Thank you so much. I know my worth. I know my value. I love myself. I'm true to me. Um, and I had the opportunity to place this book in her hand and to let her know what I just let her know, what I just shared with you, uh, right. what she did for me. And I'm right. pretty sure countless others, but you know, that was our moment. And I gave her the book and, and, you know, we took our picture and wherever she is, this book is, I don't know if she's had the chance to read it yet, but when she mm -hmm. does and sits down, I just want her mm -hmm. to know how, because she shined her light, because she allowed God to use her, because she used her gift with the world that this is just a token of my appreciation. And I, you know, it was dedicated, um, inspired, excuse me, by her album. And that's Damn. my India, that's my India that restore. Awesome. So, you know, I'll be posting my picture is May 16 rolls around. That'll be one year. I will be posting my picture to, you know, to that's, that's a day I'll never forget um, that opportunity, even though, you know, it was, we exchanged a few words. We took our picture but that's something that I will always remember because that just goes to show you the power of faith, the power of believing in yourself or believing in God, first of all, and in networking and collaborating and just believing, you know, that day, whether I had to give the book to friends that I had that was in VIP, that was on the floor, this book was going to be placed in her hand. But it was more special because I was the one who did it. I wrote it. I wanted to thank her and show her and I placed this book in her hand. That is amazing. And that's an awesome story. Too. Thank you. But imagine if um, people <laughs> Right. If I would have let that fear, <laughs> that fear, babe, I wouldn't have been in that DM. I wouldn't right. have been posting on Facebook. I wouldn't have been, you know, having people to collaborate and connect. I wouldn't have been able, you know, to, to place myself in that position. And like I said, I did have people, you know, collaborating, praying, you know, working, putting it out there too. And, and that's very important. That's that support that I speak about. You know, it's very important. And support isn't mm -hmm. always financial. You know, you can like you can like my post, right, you can share right. my post. You know, you can refer me to a friend. You can pray for me. You can pass out a flyer. So of course, mm -hmm. we want people to support our business. Of course, you know, I want people to buy the book, to buy the products. But even if you aren't able to, you can say, "Well, mm -hmm. I heard you on um on the podcast." You know, the podcast. So I'm going to refer right. someone to you that's having right. a conference, that's having an event. Well, hey, I heard this author on a you know, on a podcast and you refer somebody to me. You follow my page. You know, you you pray for me. So those are all forms of support. And I think that we need to acknowledge. And as I said before, I speak about acknowledge, accept and adjust. And once we do that, we'll be able to live the life. We'll be able to learn our le lessons and we'll be able to love the legacy that we leave. But we can't be selfish about it. It's not just a legacy for us for ourselves, for me, no. it's for my daughter, it's, you know, it's for future generations, right. it's for your kids and grandkids, it's a, less, it's a legacy for everybody, a legacy for everybody, right. and I think, you know, when we began to see things that we're doing, you know, in that manner, and knowing, hey, it's not all about me, but it's about 
the kingdom of God is about the glory of God, is about helping others, then the world will be a better place. That is the definite fact. So I want to round out the episode, but I want to give you the floor. Um, of course, before we end, I want you to tell everyone how they can purchase the book and how they can find you on social media. But just give a lasting, tell us how you can get the book. First, okay. and then I'll have you uh, round it out. But give everyone the information on how they can purchase the book and also where they can find you on everything. Okay, so the outlet. book can be purchased from my website. That's www.terrice.com. T-E-R-I-E-C-E, Sherelle, C-H-E-R-E-L-L.com. That's TerriSherelle.com. You can also purchase the book on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. It's Live, Learn, Love with an Open Heart, Life Lessons on Cultivating Healthy and Meaningful Relationships. On Facebook, I am Therese Sherelle, spelled the same way. And I also have a page for the book, Live, Learn, Love. On Instagram, I am at... I am Terry Sherell. Well, the symbol for at I am Terry Sherell. Um, and Twitter, the same thing. I am Terry Sherell. So I'm on all forms of social media. You can check out my website, terrysherell.com. You can email me, terrysherell at gmail.com. And it's very unique T E R I E C E C H E R E L L, Terry Sherell. Awesome. So guys, make sure you check out Miss Therese, follow her and definitely check out this book. But I want you to just what is your lasting thought you want everyone to take away from the message that you want to give everyone? One thing that I always say is that all relationships are lessons and blessings, even the ones that don't always work out. And I really want people to acknowledge and appreciate the relationships in our lives. And I'm, I'm very big on that because to me, there is nothing more beautiful or greater than an open, loving heart. And when we have these relationships, we have to have an open heart. We have to be open to both give and receive the pure, unconditional love of God. For God is love. And since we are created in his image and likeness, we too are love. So I think when we just began to see these relationships as well as ourselves for the way that God sees us, we'll get a better understanding and appreciation for him. And we'll just begin to live and learn and love as we should. But your heart must be open. That's the only way that you can give and receive. And you know, give freely. You know, relationships are meant to teach us something. As I say, there are lessons and blessings. We're going to learn something from the relationship and we're going to give something to the relationship. But I think that we just have to be okay with knowing that even if it ends, there's still a lesson and a blessing in it. And we should just cherish that memory and hold on to that and make better choices in our next relationship. Mm. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Um, I definitely want to tell everyone listening, as I always try in every show, as everyone knows, my famous saying is to go love yourself. <laughs> I'm very big yes. on that self-love, you know, like just knowing that you're worth something, that you're invaluable, like you're precious and every single person on this earth, you do serve a purpose, whatever it is in your heart that you want to do like it's right in the mirror like you don't have to seek out anything grand or fabulous it's right in your heart like we all have the tools to make it and just like Miss Therese said just open your heart whatever it is that you want to do in this world whatever goal that you have 
you can't achieve that. But definitely you have to love yourself. You have to know that you're invaluable. You have to know that you're special and don't wait for someone else to give you that gratification. Like, please don't like know that you have that love right in your heart and that you really are worth something. And once again, like I always tell people, if no one's told you today that they love you, I love you. Miss Therese loves you. God loves you. This whole world, you special. There's so many people that we don't realize that are watching. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but that we motivate people and we do inspire them just by getting up sometimes in the morning and just (laughs) getting up and being present you're worth something and you are invaluable. Mm-hmm. And one thing I do want to end to, um, just reading through Miss Teresa's book, there was a great line that she had in a book. And I wanted to share that with everyone because this is my wish for everyone as well. And Teresa says, may you find the love you truly deserve and seek to reciprocate it to others. So find that love. But as I always tell people, make sure you love yourself first and realize that you truly are important and you really are special. So thank you again, Miss Therese. I'm so excited that we did connect. Thank this has you. been an thank awesome you. conversation. And I do encourage Thank you again. Like, I really appreciate it. And I definitely want to encourage everyone, please go seek this book. Once again, it's called Live, Learn, Love with an Open Heart, Life Lessons on Cultivating Healthy and Meaningful Relationships. And we just had Miss Therese Sherelle. So guys, please go love yourselves and go get this book. Thank you. Bye, guys.